All right. Welcome to episode one of the America's Pastime podcast. And what I wanted to start with talking about was um, just the free agent market in general, uh, just some musings about it. Uh, so at the time of this conversation, uh, the Trevor May deal was made official. Um, so that's definitely an interesting contract for the Mets. Really the first big uh, signing for in the relief market for this offseason. Uh, the Mets gave him two years and $15 million. And uh, I feel like it was – it was a, a good deal on the Mets side, a two-year deal, not too lengthy, uh, $7.5 million per season. Uh, for a reliever of Trevor May's caliber, it's really uh, – I feel like it's almost a bargain in a way. What do you think about it, Mikey? Um, I was talking to my friend earlier and when, like, the news uh, first started breaking, basically, and I just told him how, like, if they can sign him for, like, anything, like, below, like, what Adam Adovino got, like, two off-seasons ago, that I, I think – I think it was three years, twenty-seven. Adam, it was like around nine. It was like around like a nine, like an AAV nine. And it was, was yeah, like, it was three for twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I, I was telling him, like, I think if they get anything like less than that, whether it be the years or like just the AAV, that I think it would be a steal for them because, like, like his past like three seasons, like from like, eighteen, nineteen, and yeah. last year, like he's had like really good numbers. Yeah, like, last been... year, yeah, in twenty nineteen, he had a three. No, twenty nineteen, he had a two nine two ERA, something like that. Take a look at it. Yeah. I think it's a two ninety ERA in like sixty innings. Like, correct uh, me if I'm wrong. So he had two ninety in nineteen, and then like a three twenty in eighteen, and like twenty yeah. something innings. Yeah. So so before that in his career he was a starter I believe, and he was he was like a swing guy, and he was mostly ineffective. He was actually pretty good in 2015, and then in 2016 was it in the off season, or maybe was it at the end of the season he was less effective. 2015 he was actually he was good in 114 innings, 16 starts, 48 games total. He had a um, a four ERA, but a 3.25 FIP, uh, 8.6 Ks per nine, good on the walks, only two, two per nine. So, he, you know, he was solid. And then 16, he struggled. Uh, he was strictly a reliever. And then he had Tommy John surgery, I believe, at the end of the season. Um, yeah, he, he had Tommy John surgery in, like, round 18 yeah, at some point. He missed all of 17. Yeah, so he missed 17, and he missed, yeah. like, the first half of 18. Yeah. Yeah, so it must have been in the off season or in spring yeah. training, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, and then, as you said, the last three seasons, strictly as a reliever, he had one start in 2018, but I don't think that's – You think it's like an opener, though? Like, yeah, he's probably like an opener or something like that. He, um, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I was looking at like his FIP – and it's it's been consistently in like the three fives, so like yeah. it's somewhat close to his ERA. I mean, like usually, like as like a starter, like as a, they have much more innings, obviously. So like the uh, like if there's like a much larger gap in FIP and ERA, it's more worrisome. But with a reliever that has like at most like eighty innings, 
so is relatively close. Since his second season, um, and this is even with those couple of years that he wasn't that effective, he's had a 3.47 FIP and a 3.86 career ERA. So, I mean, which is good. Yeah, he's he's very consistent, uh, despite what the outcome may be uh, in actuality, and especially recently um, since he's had since 2016 actually his k's per nine are it's uh, increased for the most yeah, part it's increased it's well above 12 so and i'm pretty sure it was like 14 in 2020 yeah 14 yeah 2020 14.7 yeah, yeah okay so that's a guy with swinging miss stuff and which is like which is good i mean like i feel like most bullpens are built around that now yeah absolutely and um I mean, the, the Mets have a like a only like a few top end guys like Diaz. Like I think he's gonna be better. Like again, like good for the full season. Like he's high strikeout numbers. Oh and yeah, then, he, was, he was excellent last season. Yeah, and then I think having Trevor May, I honestly think he's a great inning guy. Like, is uh, yeah. I mean, if Dellen can like return the form, then like obviously there'd be competition there. And he's another guy who can strike out a lot of batters. But at the at this moment, like Trevor May is honestly your best eighth inning option. So, so the thing with the Mets bullpen, I'm just going to pull it up quickly uh, right now, is that they are pretty much set in stone in terms of having enough arms. But what I think they're going to do is probably non-tender slash just cut some of those. Because, like, for example, Brad Brock was a contract from the Brody Van Wagen regime, and he had an option for $1 million this season, and he signed that. And um, they also had Batances, as you said, uh, who they owe six million to, and... which is also like a very affordable. Yeah, and then like, they have he can he can be a lot better than like what six million. Yeah, and then they have a couple of non-tender candidates in Chase and Shreve and Robert Gazelman. Now I'll, we'll see what happens come the non-tender deadline with those two guys, but um, yeah, their bullpen's basically full, so they. And what they do need is yeah, a, lefty, a left-handed right? reliever. I mean, like, Shreve's left-handed, but, I mean, I, I if you want to go for the better option, like, I feel like bringing back Justin Wilson. Yeah, that would probably be uh, – Like, he's – Yeah. Shreve always has had good strikeout numbers, but he, he also just, like, just leaves so many balls in, like, the middle of the zone. I mean, they're only going to be paying him what's expected to be around 800 k So he's a guy you can just hold on to. There's no reason – to get rid of him at this point, non-tender him. Yeah, I mean, and he was fine with the Mets last year. Like, he's still getting a little roughed up towards the end, but I'm pretty sure he's still in an ERA, like, maybe south of three. No, it was it actually ended up being south of four. He was uh, doing rocked. really well. And, okay. Yeah, he yeah. got blown up his last couple innings. Still very solid production from a guy you're not paying much. Like I said, you might as well. His, his case per nine was still 12.2. Uh, the fifth was yeah, under yeah. four. He always strikes out a lot of batters. Yeah, he's so, the Yankees too. He's still had like a decent K for nine. Yeah, so he's a guy you might as well hold on to. Uh, and like you said, Justin Wilson would probably be the guy to go bring back. There also there will be a bunch of left-handed options, but yeah, uh, to complete that bullpen, bringing in a left-hander would probably probably be a good finish to it. And that, yeah. that then their bullpen will pretty much be set at that point. Yeah, and with them slipping signing uh, May. I um I want to say that kind of closes the door on them even going after like Brad Hand or Hendricks. I think Hand is still an option simply because he's left-handed. He's yeah, not going to cost nearly as much as Hendricks. 
but yeah, he's going to cost a lot. Yeah, more. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that uh, hands, you know, probably get more than two years, and like I can confidently say he'll make more than the seven million of paying. Um, yeah, he'll make and, close to that ten million that he an option for. The, the yeah, he decline. he might honestly make like that out of no money that I was yeah. talking about before. Like, he's probably selling. Well, I mean, like, like the market itself this off season just probably going to be weird, right? Because of everything's going on, and like all, I feel like a lot of maybe a lot of the big free agents might like um, kind of wait and um, let the, like the, the little guys like develop the market. I feel like usually the big guys do like set the tone, but I feel like if they can, if, if, if like Trevor Bauer sees like Charlie Morton's getting like a fifteen AV. Like he probably is gonna want like at least twenty. Well, I think I think Trevor Bauer is just in his own. Yeah, realm, basically. Yeah, honestly, yeah, he's, you, he's his own yeah. thing. When talking about the starting pitching free agent market, um, you pretty much have Trevor Bauer, and then there's everyone else, and everyone else is kind of in that three to five pitcher, um, you know, starter range. Besides uh, Morton, he's probably like the only person that I would consider like a like a two. I mean, to me, he's a higher end number three starter. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's older. He has, uh, for as good as he's been, he's also inconsistent at times. He was not that great in the regular season for the Rays. Obviously it was postseason. He's great. He was hurt this season though. Yeah. Um, if he's pitching at his best, he's definitely, he's definitely a number two starter. Uh, in that Braves rotation, he's probably going to end up being more towards the back end simply because they're just so talented. Yeah. I mean, Sor- Soroka is like throwing already, which surprised me. But like he's Soroka's their their ace. Like I don't know if I like, can consider him like an ace ace yet. But I mean he's definitely the one. I mean like him and Freed are a really good one two punch. And like oh, yeah. Ian yeah. Anderson is like he has like the short sample size like from uh, coming up even like uh, in like June or so no like uh, August of this season. And but he was really good. In the postseason, he was great. I mean, yeah, if you could true. do it in the postseason, you could do it anywhere. So, yeah, so definitely I mean, good for them to see. Yeah, I think he's really good. Um, I think he's gonna be really good. And like, if, if he's like even like a mid three ERA pitcher, like having them as their three is like awesome. And Charlie yeah. Morton and Smiley, just like two crafty left, well, uh, veterans, not lefties, but I, I'm I'm interested to see what they're gonna get out of Smiley. Uh, Eleven million dollars. Is- quite a bit for a guy who's really not been that great since his days on the, on the race. I'm pretty sure in like, again, like this year is like this short samples across, but I'm pretty sure he had like, uh, I looked it up like a week ago. I don't know if his overall numbers were like great, but I know his like, like the peripherals were like, were there. Like he had like, I'm pretty sure his FIP was pretty low. So you're talking about last season. Yeah. In 2020. Yeah. So in last season, it's very small sample size. Uh, seven games, five starts, twenty-six innings, uh, yeah, three point four two ERA, 2.01 FIP. Yeah, I'm saying it was both. Nine. Yeah, so he looked good, and like, um, like even if like, um, he's someone that they get like four or five innings out of per start. Like, I feel yeah. like if he can give them like four or five like decent innings, like, it's kind of what they're paying him for. It's kind of like a glorified like starter. I mean, a reliever like in the, yeah. in the rotation yeah. basically. I mean, I mean the Braves, 
I, I believe you actually sent me that article earlier today. I didn't take a full look at it, but as I think it said something like the Braves have, you know, a hundred million dollars in revenue over the last couple of years. What was that? What was that? Oh, about um, I don't know. This guy brought the point about like, it was like the other day, like that report came out that the Phillies, like one of the owners or the board members, like said they lost like $2 billion this year. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Um, that ended up being false, but they lost a, a shit ton of money. The Phillies did. Did it ever come out like how much they actually lost? Yeah, I think it was one fifty million. Okay, well that's still nowhere close to two billion dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it's... know where that came from. I mean, there were some pretty legitimate sources that that were posting that. I mean, but... yeah, I know. That's why I thought it was like legitimate, and I was like, if that's true, like that just. Like, that's so much money. Like, that's literally, like, half the value of, like, the Yankees they lost in the season, which seems kind of crazy to believe. But, like, I don't know. But, anyways, it was uh, talking about – it brought up the point that, like, uh, teams were talking about how they lost so much money this season and, like, they're going to, like – they can't spend money because they, they got hurt so badly. But, like, it brought up the point that, like, from, like, the 2018, 19, and 20 season, if you combine – all that together, like the Braves are still up a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a look. What is their current payroll? Let's see, Atlanta Braves payroll. Uh, my guess be... is like one forty. Really, you think it's that low? Let's take a look. Well, I mean, that's before arbitration. So I'm going on Spot Track. Yeah, it's like the best website. Yeah, it is. And this website is saying that their payroll. Is looking at 115. Oh, that's easy. No, for in terms of the luxury tax, um, it is so it's projected to be 147 right now. Okay, so yes, I wasn't too far off then. Yeah, so and that's including the, the recent contracts of Morden and Smiley. So they still have a lot of room if they want to to really and go out there that... and make themselves a superpower. Is was that pre-arbitration or is that after arb and everything that they projected? projected? So that's including the arbitration, I believe. Uh yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Uh, check their payroll from last season. Okay, let's take a look. It probably was in like the 170s. So last season, update. Their payroll was on. At the bottom, their payroll, yeah, it was close to it was 170. Yeah, so they still have like 25 million dollars or so to play with. Yeah, um, well, my guess is that that my guess is that that money will probably go to Azuna, like they really need that guy back in their lineup. Yeah, um. Yeah, I would say they're probably. I'd say they bring back Ozuna. I I could see that happening. Uh, I think they'll bring back Ozuna. And what else do they need? They they can get Ozuna, and then they they got to rebuild their bullpen a bit. Yeah, you have a bunch of you have uh, Shane Green. Let me just make sure he's a free agent because I want to. Let's see. I'm, I'm fairly certain he's a free agent. Shane Green is. I think so too. I think I saw his name. But yeah, he's a free agent. Yep. So you have him. Did they lose. I mean, they have Melanson and O'Day are all free agents. Okay. 
So they should definitely get uh, two arms at least. Yeah. Uh, Shane Green's a really good pitcher. Uh, that might be a guy they can bring back. I don't know what his market's going to be. I would expect him to get somewhere close to what Trevor May got. Pretty yeah. similar pitchers when you look at their – I mean, he's been even better than Trevor May on, in, if you look at you know some of the numbers. But the peripherals make him you know, similar, less strikeouts. But in general. Yeah, he he yeah. strikes out less. He's more of like a bat-the-ball guy, but he's still a very good reliever. Yeah, he's effective still. The run prevention's there. Certainly a guy that yeah, doesn't does. to bring in. Yeah, it does his job well. He's a little older. He's 32, but I mean, he's a reliever. It doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, I mean, um, they're, they're still – most of them are always year-to-year anyways. Yeah, you probably give him like a two-year deal similar to what Trevor May got. Yeah. All that day there. And then um, – O'Day has so- always been like a uh, like mid-threes. Uh, actually, I think he's had some better years, but he's probably like a mid-threes guy at this yeah. point. Yeah, so uh, something else the Braves can do. As I said, if they really want to make themselves a superpower and really put themselves over the top, is address third base uh, in addition Austin, to that bullpen. Austin Riley is just Yeah, Austin good. Riley doesn't really look like he's he's the guy. Yeah, uh, young talent. Internally, they're just not yeah, young though. Internally, they're just not the um, they're just not too many good third base options for them. Uh, you want Camargo, I think. Uh, he's going to be non tendered. They're going to non tender him. Yes, I believe so. Uh, and then you have Riley, uh, and then that's basically it. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like <clears throat> there's no really a free agent option that's um, really going to be much better than Riley. Right. So what I think they should do is go out and get Chris Bryant. Yeah, I mean, he's been linked to them, and – they certainly have the pieces to to make that move. Yeah, I just I just don't think there's any way that the Braves are going to go into next season with Austin Riley as their everyday third baseman. I just can't I can't really see that happening. They're just too good of a team, too close for them to allow you know such an important position to hold them up like that. And when you have a player like Chris Bryan who's going to be available for what will essentially just be low level prospects. And, and money, uh, close to twenty over $20 million, it'll essentially be something like they did with Josh Donaldson. You bring a guy, a third baseman in for $20-plus million for that one year and just let him you know reestablish his value. Yeah, I mean, definitely could because, I mean, Riley's offense is like the power is there, but, like, everything else kind of reminds me of, like, the Gary Sanchez, like um, – like those high strikeouts, like line drives right at people. Yeah, he's, like really no adaptability. Besides, just, besides his first month where he was mashing in the big leagues, he's really been uh, not too impressive. And yeah, and his on the dot OPS plus too. the past two seasons. Uh, he seems to, he's still young. He's gonna be twenty four, but his bat just seems to be below average at this point. Yeah, and like his his glove is. Even worse than that. Yeah, at third base, he's just not very good. Um, yeah, it says in it says in the shortened twenty twenty season, he had negative point oh seven defensive WAR, which well, is just like he had negative eight defensive runs saved. What I will say about the defensive numbers last season, they're very deceptive because of such a short sample size, a small sample size. You can't really take that, you know, at face value, but. 
I mean, I, I think it, most people would agree that he's just not a good defender. <laughs> yeah, I, but I mean, like if you if you accumulate close to negative one defensive war, I feel yeah. like it's yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty cut and dry right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I feel he, like yeah, it's 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 I think it's I think it's harder to go negative than it is to go positive in war. Yeah, I so, agree. I with mean, that. yeah, war is a stat that in general looks to just combine all of your value and get you like i mean i think we've discussed this before a league average player in war is what one two not two 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 is an everyday player so two is a a replacement level player so if if he's he's going negative negative 0.7 in such a shortened time span it's not a good sign yeah and that was on defense because he was also negative 0.7 in total war right so at this point it doesn't seem like he's ready um, and if they, like I said, want to really get to that next level and beat the Dodgers when they, <laughs> when they eventually play them again in the playoffs, they're going to need a better third baseman. Well, do you think if they, uh, if they don't get someone like Chris Bryant, do you think they should still go after someone else who, in my opinion, is probably the best free agent third baseman besides Turner, who I think is going to go back to L.A. But someone like uh, Marvin Gonzalez, like he's yeah. – like I don't think he's like a stud by any means. And he's like – he also didn't have the best 2020. And I'm pretty sure his, his entire tenure with Minnesota, he's been like below average. Yeah. I mean, his, his the bats like let's see, like he had a 94 OPS plus and 19 and a 68 this year. Yeah, he he really which is not great, but I mean, he's was worth he was worth two WAR in 19 and like he was worth basically zero WAR this year. But I mean, like I feel like him being like a utility guy, like they can potentially use him. Well, when you look at Marlon Gonzalez throughout his career. Besides that one season in 2017 where he was on the <laughs> Houston Astros, um, he's really been average or below average with the bat. And despite his positional versus, and here's the thing. All right, so if you get if you sign Marlon Gonzalez, you can't have him sit there and play third base every day for you. I, I just don't think that you can do that with with his with his level of offense, his value comes from being able to play multiple positions and pretty much give you, you know, average offense and average defense in those places. Um, Cause if you look. Well, like I, I still said, find value because he, he can play first, second, short, third, and the outfield, like corner outfield. So, I mean, like he can give, right. You can give Freeman an off day. Albie's an off day. Dan's yeah. being off day. He can play but, third base, but I don't think that really solves their third base problem. I think it is a problem for them because, uh, all right, let's say you bring him in. What are you, you're going to play, I guess, you know, what are you gonna, you're still going to have Riley there basically every day. You might have Marvin Gonzalez spell him or, or Marvin Gonzalez has a left-handed hitter or will play against that tough, you know, Max Scherzer or that Jacob DeGrom or something like that. But at the end of the day, your starting third baseman is still Austin Riley. While I, I think I – mean, then at that point, it's kind of like there's not many options unless they go to the trade market. But what other third baseman? What other third baseman are really available? So let's take a look at this Chris Bryant. free agent third baseman list. I'm telling you, it's not pretty. I looked at it like yesterday. Like besides Justin Turner, like there's literally no one who will be 
much more of an upgrade to uh uh Riley and um like I'm, he's still in a rookie contract so he's cheap. So that's why the only option I thought that might you, you might say could work would be uh Marwin because of the versatility and he's also I I know he hits left-handed. I don't know if he's switch hitter but he might be a switch hitter but yeah, I think he is a switch hitter but still yeah. But um, yeah, well, look at the the free agent market. It's 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 not pretty. Four at third base. Yeah, it's <laughs> you have, uh, yeah Turner. You have Gonzalez up there. You have Todd Frazier, Michael Franco, um, Jed Jerko, um, Eduardo Nunez, Renato Nunez, um, Matt Duffy. Uh, Honestly, yeah. though, Renato Nunez. I'm pretty sure he hit a little bit with the the uh, the Orioles. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he actually had hit. a lot of power. He was their best power hitter over the last couple of years. Uh, Besides Mancini, Mancini from like eighteen nineteen was really good, and then obviously he missed this year. Yeah. So in let's look at this. So Renato Nunez has been overall he, he's not good defensively. Yeah, um, no, but. With the bat, he's, he's average. He's average, yeah. But I'm saying he's an option. Uh, also, who else did you say? Uh, not Nunez. Who did you say before Nunez? Uh, Michael Franco is there. Oh yeah, Franco. Yeah, yeah. Actually, had a his glove is also just not good. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he was with the Royals this year, and he had yes. like a 110 OPS plus, maybe. I think it was above 100. Yeah, you had. He actually had a 109 OPS plus. Okay. Um, 778 OPS. Uh, he hit eight home runs, drove in 38 runs. He played every game, played all 60 games. He had 240, no, 200, yeah, 243 plate appearances. Uh, so he was definitely durable. Um, defensively, I'm pretty sure he's a butcher. In his career, he's not rated, rated very well. This season, he did okay. He was average. He didn't have anything negative. Uh, he is only 20. He's going to his age 28 season. I mean, he's a guy you can, if yeah, he wouldn't be a bad fallback option, honestly. If you're gonna go out there, you're gonna give him what, like five million dollars to come in, and I guess compete with Austin Riley for third base. Uh, it's not a bad idea, certainly. So yeah. then, I guess that would be their fallback option. And when it comes to the trade market, I can't really think of any team besides the Cubs who is actively shopping a third baseman. Besides Nolan Arenado and the Rockies, right? Oh yeah, true. But I don't think the Braves are going to. No, uh, unless they, well, again they want to go out there and really put themselves ahead. That's that's a move they can make. But it doesn't really seem like they want to raise that payroll all the way up towards that luxury tax boundary. Especially yeah, especially because in- they have to fix that bullpen first too, and that's going to cost them roughly what Arenado is making to fix. Yeah, they're going to need to go out and spend a good at least twenty million dollars. At the minimum, to go out you know, to to get you know maybe bring back a Shane Green, maybe bring back a Mark Melanson or someone of his ilk, and also replace Darren O'Day. So that's going to cost them, yeah, a pretty penny. Uh, and then third base will be somewhere where they're going to need to invest money as well. Uh, Who do you think? Um... Who do you think Bauer signs with? 
Bauer. So I yeah, think... I there's, there's been absolutely nothing like and no rumors or anything. Keep yeah, I know. An idea yeah. where he's going. I'm pretty sure what he's gonna do is just wait until after the new year to uh, go out and start suit. Uh, you know, having suitors come to him. Um, but my my thinking is that he's probably gonna end up signing with uh, either the Padres or the Angels. Maybe yeah, I was thinking. Right, so my list, Padres. my top three for him. Padres, Angels, and White Sox. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I, said, I was thinking uh, Padres would definitely team. They're going to go after him. Yeah, so with those three teams, first of all, the Angels and the White Sox have stated outright that they're going to go out and spend money this offseason. Um, and so let's take a look here at those three teams. So first with the Angels, they, as I said, are going to spend money. They they. Badly need rotation arms. I mean, their rotation yeah. right now is Dylan Bundy. He's uh, actually surprisingly very good this year. Yeah. So he might have turned the corner with them. Yeah, I think they can re- reliably say he's going to be a key part of that rotation, a good number two starter uh, in that rotation. And then they also have uh, they also have Griffin Canning, who is you know, almost a very solid arm. More towards a you know young starter, but more towards the back end, and then they also have Andrew Heaney, uh, who certainly still has a lot of potential. He can uh, he definitely can get innings in the bullpen. I mean, um, yeah. in the rotation, yeah. imitation, yeah, yeah. So to, right off the bat, those with those three guys, that's a good. You know, you know, three, four, five, or two, three, four in a rotation. They're going to need to go out there and, and acquire multiple arms, and they're going to need to acquire the number one starter there. They, they need to get someone at the top of that rotation if they truly intend on competing uh, with that. You know, with those high-priced and high-powered and that high-powered offense that they have. Um, and so yeah, that's my thinking on the Trevor Bauer. I mention- mean, I also think uh, maybe you're just about to say it, but like after they missed out last year on Garrett Cole, yeah, I feel like they just they can't miss out on a, on the big arm this year. Right, uh, Artie Moreno, their owner, uh, always just wants to go out and get that. He loves getting stars, he, no matter whether they're a fit for the team or not. But in this case, he's finally come to the the understanding that he needs to stop going out there and buying just the best player available. He needs to find a player that fits for the team. Um, And if they can, like I said, go out there and get, you know, a depth piece. And then. Honestly, like I was thinking, um, like if they sign Bauer, they honestly should have a little reunion with uh, Garrett Richards. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Slide him in at the back of that rotation. Uh, Yeah. That's definitely a good idea. I really don't think they're for all the talk of their pitching and that they need pitching all that their, their rotation really isn't all that bad because, you know, last season, you know, small sample size, but you had Andrew Heaney put up a a 4.46 ERA, a 3.79 FIP, uh, 9.5 Ks per nine and 66 innings. Dylan Bundy, 3.29 ERA in 65 innings, 2.95 FIP. Griffin Canning, a 3.99 ERA uh, in 56 innings. So, I mean, with those three guys, you, you have a good 
you know, core of that rotation. It's not going to take too much to really put them over the top in that category. I mean, I personally think the opposite. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they, they, they definitely need like Trevor Bauer at the minimum to even oh, like have yeah. like a competent thing because yeah, I know. I, yeah. I think the pitching's bad, but like, and even if they get like a few pieces, like it's still gonna be insanely hard for them to compete with like the Athletics and the Astros are still a very good team in the West. Right. Yeah, certainly. I'm not saying they they don't need to address it, but I don't think they're that far off. They're, like if they get those two pieces that they need, as I said, a back end guy and a front of the rotation starter, however they you know end up getting that guy, uh, that that rotation could actually be good. Um, we'll some, you know, something else that I've been hearing, uh, and has been talked about, I think is them going out and trading, you know, one of their highly touted outfield prospects in Joe Adele or, uh, Brandon Marsh and, and just straight up going to a team as like the Marlins, for example, and just saying, we'll give you this guy, Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh straight up in exchange for one of your young starters. And that's something they could also go out and do. Uh, certainly the Joe Marlins. Adele for Pablo Lopez. Yeah, something like that. I mean, look, the Marlins and the Angels seem like a perfect pairing. The Marlins really have no offense. Uh, and the Angels need a top-of-the-line starting pitcher, and the Marlins have a bunch of those. So they can certainly go out and link up on a trade like that to, and just trade two young studs for each other and get what they need. You know, I, I agree with that. Like the – the Marlins had the the pitching, and um, I, I honestly think that they need outfield help too. Was yeah, was Starling Marte just a rental or is he no? He he uh, had an option, a player option that he picked up. No, so it, it was a team option. They picked it up for I think it was eleven million or something of that to that extent. Okay, so yeah, he's but I mean, in center field, that's a really good center fielder for them. Yeah, and then picking up getting Joe Adele too. Like I, he's. I think he can be good for them if they wind up swapping pitchers. Yeah. Um. Who else? Uh. The Padres and White Sox. You said are in on Bauer. Yeah. So now we can move on. So, uh, if you look at the Padres, I think that they are really close to being being able to, um, you know, be a superpower in the National League. Obviously, coming off of last season, what we saw. Um. Now the problem with them is that. That Mike Clevenger trade really, you know, they're really getting nothing from it until next season. And Mike Clevenger is supposed to come in and really be an ace for them. Uh, he was certainly shaping up to, you know, to be an ace and, you know, based on his performance recent in recent uh, years and, and at the beginning of this season. So that's going to be, that's going to hurt them a lot and their chances of being able to supersede the Dodgers. Cause at the end of the day, they're going to have to beat the Dodgers at some point, whether it's in the division, whether it's in the playoffs, they're going to have to be able to beat the Dodgers. So I don't think they can do that right now with how their rotation is currently constructed. Would you tend to agree with that? Yeah. I mean, they still have uh paddock. They have uh LeMay. Like those are both like two arms that can like deal. Yeah. Like, so LeMay is a stud. Dilson Lamette, yes. Um, now, Lamette, yeah, it's not. yeah. So the question with him is that is he fully recovered from his arm injuries? I know. Yeah, he's always hurt too. Yeah, so that's the problem with him. He's always had the talent, but uh, as we saw this season, the problem with him is always uh, again staying healthy. 
Uh, now, there are other rotation options. Garrett Richards is a free agent now. So yeah, that's another. Done. So so their rotation going, you know, ideally when they acquired Mike Clevenger was going to be a rotation of Davies, Lamette, Paddock, Richards, and Clevenger. Now that um, Richards is gone, he's a free agent. I mean, they still have they still have like a few good guys. Like Davies had it was a good year. He's, he's yeah. solid in the rotation. Paddock is still young. I, I think he'll be better this year. Uh, this they have uh, Adrian Morajan. Yeah, more like, yeah, Morion, whatever is Morahan, whatever Morahan. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like 21, 22 years old. He's young and like. Yeah, he's 21. He's, he's yeah. playing a promise, and then they still have uh, Joey Lucchesi. Like he's uh, he's like 27 now. Let's take a look. Lucchesi, yeah. He's, uh, he's like he's he was supposed to be good. I don't think he's really panned out the way that they would have hoped, but like he's certainly like a like a good piece they have. Yeah, and like he's, a back. He's, he looks like a back rotation starter. Certainly, uh, you know, depth for them. I think with them, you know, right now their rotation going to next season is Davies, Paddock, and then Lamette. You know, his injuries. You don't know what he what's what's going on with him. Uh, we'll see what happens come spring training if he's fully recovered. But they're going to need to get some insurance. And in general, they're going to need two starters. Because right now, even if Lamette is healthy, and we don't know if he's going to be, as I said, they have Davies, Lamette, and Paddock. Um, now, they could just slide Morhan into one of those slots. And they could also slide Luchessi in. But is a rotation of Davies, Lamette, Paddock, Luchessi, and Morhan? Going to be able to trump the Dodgers, as I said, probably not, right? Yeah, I mean, it's safe to assume that the Dodgers still had that division locked as is, right? So, what I think they need to go- do is go out and make that big splash and sign Trevor Bauer. I think he's just a a really good fit for them. Yeah, plus also there's him and Clever. I know are really good friends. Yeah, I don't, I don't know like how much that. That really matters. Look, I literally just got an update right now saying that the Padres are eyeing Trevor Bauer and possibly trading for Blake Snell. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, so maybe we know what we're talking about a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they traded for Snell, I mean, they, they have the they still have the prospects. Their yeah. Farm they, they're actually deep. they're one of the teams that could really get that done if they really wanted to. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm always just I'm always scared trading with the Rays. Yeah, of course. They, they, yeah. they just they know everything that's better than everyone. Right. So when you look at the Padres and their payroll commitment, they're only they're sitting at 140 million right now. So now they're not the biggest of markets. But I, mean, when, I would I mean they're they're still a California team. Yeah. You can't forget about that. Yeah, they they're a California team. They play in a pretty big city. They draw really well. Uh, obviously last season's gonna hurt them in terms of that. I'm sure that that Petco Park would have been popping last season. Oh my had, God, Slam yeah. Diego! Yeah, that would have been crazy there. Um, so that really hurts them, but they definitely have room to spend. Uh, they could, they really, they they can take on a Trevor Bauer contract. So I wonder if that's you know that that's definitely a possibility. If if but if they're eyeing Snell too, like that's that's a much more affordable contract. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think he's making. I think he's making like eleven million dollars, something ridiculous. Yeah. Like so Snell's gonna be making 
I think, $39 million over the next three years. So when you weigh Trevor Bauer versus Blake Snell, um, so Snell is younger. He's been more effective in, in his career. Uh, he's left-handed. Um, doesn't really have too much of injury history. I mean, neither does Bauer, really. Both been- I mean, Bauer's biggest thing is kind of what you like alluded to a second ago. It's like, like his career, his, his career array is like close to four. I think he just got under four come the uh, season's end. But like, I guess he was a Cy Young winner this year, but like it was a third of a season. So I mean, like, other than twenty, what was it twenty eighteen? Yeah, that was the twenty eighteen was the only season, like full season of like dominance he had. Like he had right. like a four or five year right last year. Like the strikeouts are there. Like he's like he become like a like magician, like spinning the ball and like the like spin like spin rate evolution and all that stuff. Like he's like fully behind that. But the other like, thing the other thing to keep in mind is that he was pitching a very weak uh, a, uh AL and NL Central, where they had the they had the worst offenses in baseball in both those divisions. Yeah. So, I know. So, I mean, that's kind of something also to take into account. The question really is, what is Trevor Bauer? Is he that guy that, you know, has been a, you know, a low four, low to mid four ERA pitcher? Throws a lot of innings, but, you know, is not the most effective in his entire career. Or is he more of that, you know, maybe that 2019 first half guy in Cleveland, you know, where he put up a 3.79 ERA? Or is he that dominant pitcher that he was for, Half a season in twenty eight, or most of a season in twenty eighteen, and all of twenty twenty. Which guy is he? Or is he something in between? That's kind of the um, question with him. Yeah, personally, I think, I think he's like a definitely like a like a one in a rotation. Like I think he's gonna give you like a low threes. You're yeah. right. Like you're in, you're out. Yeah, I think I think if you t- if you take the average of twenty eighteen until through this year, he ends up being a guy with an ERA. I think it was like 3.15, um, you know, a very, a very low whip, uh, low FIP, a good ERA plus all that. He ends up, you know, I think that's where he's going to end up being, as you said, like, a, you know, low three pitcher. Um, and that will, that could certainly uh, help the Padres. And I mean, even if here's the thing, even if they get a Trevor Bauer, they're still going to need another starter probably most likely. Right. Yeah, they, I definitely think so. Um, if they did sign Bauer, like the other pitcher they get would probably be someone that would compete with like Moranjan and Lucchesi in that spot. I don't so think they would sign. Yeah, yeah, a vet, but like I don't think it would be it would be someone who would, like compete in like a spot like that, and uh, they wouldn't like outright steal the job. Like I don't think they're gonna sign someone like Orderizzi that would like like immediately go in the rotation uh, behind like Davies or something. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they go out and get that number one starter this season, no matter what. Right? I think they're either going to get Sneller or Bauer. They're, they're going to be aggressive. I mean, yeah. like, they, they have it. Their window is like, I, I, I want to say that they have a, like a, a pretty short window. Yeah. Their window is, is not, it's, it's is not now. big. It's, it's, now it's now and it's next year. And maybe the year after that. Yeah, I think as long as they have like, – with Clevenger coming back next year, I think their window is the next two years. And after that, uh, you it's know – sw- I mean, I think they're going to still be a good team, but, like, they're like right now is, like, their best chance to win a championship. And it sucks that Clev is out going to be out this entire year. 
yeah i mean this is something we can talk more about at a you know at a later time but uh teams in you know in terms of windows like you, you can be good for you know as the cubs were for you know what it was six years you know that window where they were winning consider you know above 500 winning but you only have a, you know maybe one to two seasons where you're going all in and you're you're at the, you're at the peak of your you know of your team in terms of controlled players and spending money and all that, going over luxury tax or what have you, or close to it, where you're, you know, where you can win a World Series and be, you know, a super team. So, you know, that that time is now for them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like they're, they're going to be aggressive, like you said, whether it be like Bowery Snell, like they're going to be definitely like pursuing yeah. like someone big. Yeah. Um, and the last team that I mentioned of my top three contenders for Trevor Bauer was the White Sox. So, Which I think is the most interesting. Yeah, that, that is the most interesting because if the White Sox were to get a Trevor Bauer, I think that instantly puts them at the top of the American League. Not just, you know, towards the – I think it puts them at the top. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I still think, like, top to bottom, the um, I still think the Yankees are, like, the most, like, talented team. That's like, fair, I, yeah. I, I, I think – I mean, like I know, like the, the injuries is what have, has like really held them back, and I mean, like that's like not like an ex- I know it's like an excuse. You're talking about the Yankees, um, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I know, like I'm using it as an excuse because, like, I mean, like it sucks that they're injured, and like that's why they lost. Mm-hmm. But like, if they if they can't stay in the field, which they prove that they have proven time and time again, and they haven't, then I mean that's a different story. But like going into next season. When everyone is healthy, like they're still like the favorite. But I mean, if the if the White Sox do sign uh, Bauer, like that definitely puts them in uh, in the uh, discussion. I mean, like they're what, they're better than the Twins. I mean, the, the Twins have like a very like uh, their entire rotation is filled with like average like like pitchers, like no one like really special, and the uh, you no know, like the whole Bomba squad is like they have an elite offense. Yeah, the bullpen's like good. They just lost an A, so the White Sox would certainly be the best team in the Central. I would definitely say that they're better than any team in the West if they sign Bauer, and then like they're in a tight competition in terms of talent with uh, the Yankees. Yeah, and also you could see the Rays and the Blue Jays being up there. But yeah, I mean the Rays are insanely talented, but like. When the way I'm looking at it too, just like star power too. Like the Rays don't really have anyone like insanely flashy. On right, the and side especially, of the ball. especially if they're trading Blake Snell, they're just not going to be as good next season, no matter what. They're just not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the only and then the only piece in the offense who like might be a star is Rosarena, but I mean, like, we'll we'll see with him. You know, it's like he just broke out this year, so we'll yeah. see how it happens. And he also broke into his wife's house, so I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> he's broke a lot of things. So, um. If you look at the current White Sox rotation options, uh, you have Giolito, who stud. He's a stud. Yeah, I think he's on his way to becoming an ace. I wouldn't call him an ace right now. He's, I think he's a number one starter, but to be called an ace, I think um, I need to see another full season of dominance from him before I can ele- personally before I can elevate him to that position. But he's he's definitely up there. Um, and then you have Dallas Keuchel, who's a very solid you know, uh, number two or number three starter. Uh, and then they have some young guys. They have Dylan Seas, Dane Dunning, Ronaldo Lopez. 
And uh, Kopech's coming back. Yeah, and they also have Kopech coming back. So even if they don't acquire Trevor Bauer, they're still going to have a very, very good rotation, a, a rotation that could potentially be you know, one of the best in the big leagues if those pitchers pitch to their potential. Yeah, I mean, I think Dunning is uh, the best out of that group. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Kopech obviously could be better, but, I mean, we haven't really seen him yet. So, I mean, they out of, like, Dylan Cease, um, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dunning, I think that he is the um, the best of that uh, yeah. group. Yeah, yeah uh, Lopez and Cease seem to have a lot of control issues. Uh, definitely big arms, but just they can't really um, place the ball where they wanted to. Was all, uh, It was all three of them that came in the uh, – at a meeting trade, right? No, it was a uh, Giolito. Uh, oh, Giolito. Oh, yeah, it's Giolito Lopez Donne. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, as, as we were saying, uh, Dunning definitely had the best year out of all of them last season. Uh, limited, though, only seven starts. <clears throat> so, I think he'll definitely be a lock for the rotation. Keiko will be in there. Giolito will be in there. Um, Cease, uh, we'll see. And Lopez as well. If you have Kopik coming back, and then you also have uh, maybe Gower Crochet as a starting pitching option. Uh, I know he pitched out of the bullpen in the postseason, but he's he out. Didn't he like Terry's? Didn't he, didn't he like Terry's uh, arm? Let's take a look at that. What What is the news on him? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he left the game like forearm tightness. How about I looked up Crochet? It came up, you know, you know the knitting thing, Crochet. Oh, Crockett. That's called him Crockett. So, take a look at what is um, recent news. What's going on with him? I'm pretty sure he tore his arm. Garrett Crochet injury. Injury status. The information is good. It's positive, Rick Hahn said. He's dealing with a flexor strain. Okay. All so, right, so he, he should be good. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would still keep him in the bullpen, so I don't I think – yeah, he's, he's an electric arm no matter where you put him. Uh, yeah, they could put him in the bullpen. And if they get like, a guy like Trevor Bauer, they can slide him uh, – you know, they, yeah, they can keep him there. If they don't, they could always slide him into the rotation. Uh, and he's he's really young still, so. Uh, now, then they, like now, now, what's the situation with Carlos Rodon? Ah, uh, I honestly have no idea. I feel like I haven't heard that name since like twenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a a blast from the past. I want now. I know he. I think he's a non-tender candidate. Probably. Uh, I mean, they can non-tender him and sign him back. Like maybe use him in the in the bullpen because he still throws hard. You know, I'm yeah, pretty he, sure he, he has he, decent strikeout numbers. Last season in how many innings? In. Seven and two thirds. He had an eight point two two ERA the previous season in twenty nineteen. Uh, he had pitching. Uh, he started and he in thirty four innings. He had a five point one nine ERA. Um, twenty eighteen in twenty starts. He had a four point one eight ERA. Now I know he underwent Tommy John surgery. Correct. Somewhere between twenty. When was it? I think it was – when did he have that surgery? He had it somewhere in the t- between 2018 and 2019, I think, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and he was supposed to be, you know, a really 
he was a highly touted guy. He was one of the, I think he was a top three pick in the draft. And he just never really turned out to be anything. That that could be also due to injury, but um, he just seems to be, you know, a back of the rotation arm or a you know, a bullpen piece. You know, I, I think if they non tender him and bring him back in a cheaper deal, they can do that or just let him go. Yeah, because he I mean, he would like, be due uh, somewhere. So he made four point four five in arbitration last season. So he would be due somewhere north of that. Could be like five million. Um, and for a guy like him, who is essentially, you know, a swing guy, a death piece. That's not really. It's it's kind of similar to with what the Mets with Steven Matz. Uh, the only thing with Rodon is that they would they have two years of control left. <clears throat> so, I mean, they kind of just have to, you know, weigh, weigh what they want to do and what they think he can potentially do. Um, I mean, if he's if he's if he has two years left, then I mean, I think they might as well just keep him. I mean, how much yeah. is he making? He probably he, he can't be making that much. Like five, five around five million is probably what he's gonna make. Yeah. So, I would um. I would just um, hold on keep to him, him at that point. Yeah, I'll just keep yeah. him at that point. Because a team would – he's only going to be 28 years old. I think a team would scoop him up immediately. Yeah, no, totally. I mean – An arm like that, yeah. Yeah, he's, <clears throat> he's an electric arm still. Yeah. So, and then if you look at the White Sox in their payroll situation. So, Chicago White Sox. Pretty sure they're like doing pretty well. Yeah, so they so so their projected um, comp balance payroll is currently one hundred and forty six million. Yeah, so they're they're sitting in a good spot right now. Yeah, they're sitting. I don't think they I don't think they lost anything really big on offense either. So I mean, I mean they did. They're gonna lose James McCann, which is something. But, I mean, they have Grandal there, so it's not really yeah, that, that big exactly. of a loss. I don't think it's that bad for them. Edge. Um, so, what other needs do you think they have? Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe just, like, a something off the bench. Like, I, I don't know what the situation in the infield. I mean, they have... They still have Abreu at first. They've uh, is Moncada the second baseman or third baseman? He is their third baseman. I believe they'll have Madrigal. At Madrigal, second. what his name is? Yeah, Madrigal, Madrigal. Yeah, they have him. Him at second. Anderson at short still. So that's like the locked infield. In the outfield, yeah. they have uh, Eloy Jimenez. In left. Um. Luis well, Robert in center. Yeah, it's, I don't like. Didn't remember his name. Robert in center, and then in right field. I don't even know who they have still. So right field, um, they had Nomar Mazzara, and is he free agent now? He had a really bad season, and they he's a non-tender candidate. They're probably gonna uh, cut him. Um, yeah, you think a, you think everyone's getting cut, huh? Yeah, well, he's been a real disappointment. 
And at this point, there's not really a use for him. Might as well just go out and get – I, I would say they're so, – so what they need is, as you said, like a, a bench piece or someone like a DH – because they're also losing – Eddie Encarnacion is also a free agent. Okay, so, I mean, they honestly might put – they honestly might put uh, Eloy as the DH then because I feel like he's – I'm pretty sure he's awful in the outfield. So, he – let's take a look at that. As for, like, options – Yeah, he's pretty terrible in the outfield. Yeah. As for options in the outfield and for right field, I mean, depending on how much they want to spend, they can bring in someone like um, like Cameron Mabin. Like, I think he's like a solid piece in the outfield. Um, they could even bring back uh, Adam Eaton. Yeah, I I think they they could use a couple corner outfielders slash DH types, um, to spell. Oh, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think Eloy is like a perfect uh, person. What about Michael Brantley? That's definitely a guy they could use. Yeah, I mean, if they want to spend the money. I like um, I said, they have they have a lot of space if they want to spend the money. Yeah, but if they spend if they sign uh, Brantley, who I think is going to get like maybe like thirteen, fifteen million a year. Like, if you think they're signing him, then like maybe they won't aggressively pursue Bauer. You know, because right. I I don't think they get both. So. I mean, it kind of just depends on what their owner, Reinsdorf, wants to do. Like, like I said, they have you know close to you know sixty million dollars to go before they hit that luxury tax. So, um, and they'll probably you know have to bring in at least one starter, regardless whether it's Trevor Bauer or someone else. And then they're gonna have to bring in you know a couple of outfielders. So. Anyway, you slice it, that payroll is going to be bumping up significantly. I, I would say. Um, what what was their payroll last year? So last season, I feel like that's like a good indication to see what they're willing to spend. Maybe like I would say it was more. probably it was probably relatively low because they have so many guys who are not even arbitration eligible yet. True. Playing, playing those big positions for them. Let me check. So last season, their payroll. Was a hundred and thirty-one million. Okay, so I mean, I can see them breaking like one seventy, but I mean, I don't think they're gonna be pushing like one ninety. Also, so the total. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, it just kind of depends on what they're willing to do. Um, and how much, you know, where they want to spend those funds. And Trevor Bauer would just really put them over the top. It would slide Giolito down to the two spot in the rotation. It slide Keiko down to number three and, and so on. And it would really, you know, a top three in the rotation like that, it's pretty, pretty dirty. Yeah, that would, that would probably be the, uh, the best uh, one, two, three. Definitely in the central, like without yeah. a doubt. Yep. In the American League, it's definitely competing for the best one, two, three. I mean, what other American League team has a, a top three that good? Um I'm trying to think right now. Hmm. Like, I mean the Yankees have Cole, Severino. Maybe and, the Indians. 
Okay, yeah, the Indians. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, to say that to them. They, that, the Indians still have a nasty. Yeah, but they, they also have terrible owners who don't want to spend money and invest in the team and improve their That's offense. That's true. But they, they, still have, they still have Bieber. They still have Plesak. They still have Carrasco. Uh, who's that? Uh, the other guy. Oh, the uh, um, Christian McKenzie. Yeah, they have him. You have Savali. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of options. Yeah, so maybe, maybe maybe besides yeah, Plucko. Maybe besides them, the um, Chicago would have like the probably like the best rotation in the American League. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I mean, even because even when you go beyond those three, like we still said, they still have Dunning, they still have Kopech coming back. Yeah, like, I mean, has uh, and Cease, like that's like an insane amount of talent. That's like seven arms. Who knows what Kopech's gonna be? I mean, that's. What an arm that is! Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if he can, if he can like unlock whatever he has stored, then like that that can be a, like a weapon. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I mean, it's still early to tell, but I mean, like, I think he's probably destined for the bullpen at some point. But okay. I mean, I, their bullpen is so good too. It's a pretty ridiculous bullpen. Yeah. So I mean, like they're they're in really good shape, no matter which way you slice it. Yeah, I was just looking at it. I mean, they have – Colome is a free agent, but they still have um, – who's Evan Marshall? I don't know. He's really good last season. They have Matt Foster, who's apparently really good. Uh, they have Ross Detweiler. They have Aaron Bummer. Aaron Bummer is pretty ridiculous. Uh, they also have Garrett Crochet, who's going to be in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have, they have a lot of – Pretty impressive, some pretty uh, high octane arms in that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, they're they're honestly this is probably the year they win the the central. Like I think, yeah, they're gonna have like uh, Robert, like he's gonna like, really like break out this year. Probably have like that that war north of four. Yeah, they're they're a really complete team. There are not many weaknesses on that team. Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to like their um. Like they're gonna need their big bats to come through. They're yeah. gonna need the rotation. Like they need Giolito and Keuchel to carry, and hopefully they get some like like good development out of uh, the young dudes. And then they just need that bullpen just to be like even like like a half of what it was last year. Yep. Other than um, that, though, I think they're they're probably the uh, most complete team in the Central. Now looking now now that you say that, looking at sort of the whole picture, what teams do you think will take a step forward this coming season before even any big free agent signings and what's happened thus far in the offseason? What teams do you think are gonna take a step back and sort of start rebuilding or just not be as good as they were or have been in previous seasons? Um I guess I'll start teams I think are gonna step back. Um, for one, I mean it's it's always like so complicated and like the uh like what's going on in the West because I I think the Athletics won't be as good this year or the Astros, but like the West itself is like just like a pretty like weak division so like they they can still beat up on those teams like the uh, the Mariners are like like an average team the Rangers are like I don't know what the hell they're doing right now yeah so 
And then um, the uh, what other team? The uh, Athletics, Astros, Rangers, Mariners, and Angels. And the Angels are they should spend. They have the offense. The pitching needs to be worked on. But like they're another team that could can win like seventy five to like eighty five games, depending on what's going on in the division. So I mean, I think the Astros, like Verlander, like he's gonna be gone. All right for. All the, the entire year. Yeah, so. he's missing all season. So, so you're starting with the AOS, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at what teams like. like I know the uh, Astros, like they the rotation, like they have, they have Valdez, who's like going to be good. I think he's like a pretty like solid arm, and then they have Granky. But I mean, that's to that they only have. Yeah. They only got much going for them. Um, and the Athletics, like they're always a team that looks like good for a few years, and then they have to rebuild and. Yeah, like I they think... still have that. They still only have they have like offensive pieces, but like the bullpen, like they're gonna lose Hendricks now probably. So it's like another year removed from losing like Trina and losing Hendricks. So I mean, like yeah. there's gonna there's they're getting worse and worse, and then like they might lose Simeon. Let's see what's going on with that. Um, the rotation is still not like like well put together. So I mean, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So looking at the AOS here to start, um, I think it's still the A's division to lose. But um, in general, I think all the, I think them, the, the A's, uh, the Astros are going to be taking steps back because as you said, uh, with the Astros not having Verlander um, and even despite the fact that they made it to the ALCS, they were a below 500 team last season. Um, yeah. I mean, part of that, I mean, I think a lot of uh, the players had slow starts and, I mean, that adjusting offense. to adjusting to the new reality. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, like maybe with fans back, if they are, like they're just be on their ass, and maybe they're. they're I think I think Altuve is not only small but also a mental midget. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with him, but I mean, they, they still have a, a really good offense. Yeah. Um. So I mean, their rotation is is okay in its current state. As you said, they have Valdez, they have Granke, they have McCullers. Um, we'll see what happens with Forrest Whitley if he ends up being anything. Yeah, if he ever comes up. Um, what else do they have in there? They have they have a bunch of young guys. I just don't remember who. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, but um, like going to do and if you want to go to the bullpen quickly as you're looking that up, like, uh, I don't know what's. Like they have uh, Osuna, who has his own problems, his own, but like he's a solid arm. And then, like, do they still have um, like Davinsky? Like, is he is he a free agent? Is, so is he you, the Astros? I don't know. They have Presley. They have oh, Presley is good. Osuna and Presley are both good. Blake Taylor, who came over from the Mets, was good. Um, yeah, their bullpen's not very deep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have Osuna, they have Davinsky, they have Peacock. So, uh, they they still have those arms in there. I think their bullpen will still be okay. It's not great, but at the same time, it's more than adequate. Um, and then the rotation. They, oh, so they have, uh, they have Valdez, they have Granky McCullers, they have Christian Javier, 
Yeah, okay, that's that's the other, that's the other and, young guy. And they have Urquidy. So I think that's pretty much going to be the yeah, rotation. Jose Urquidy. Yeah, it's probably going to be the rotation. And yeah. that's like, that's okay. Yeah, I, I don't really think much, gonna, much, much is going to change for them in terms of either rotation or their bullpen because they pretty much have control of everyone. Everyone's going to be coming back. So, um, yeah, I think that they're pretty much set. Yeah, it's an okay rotation. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, the question: What is Zach Greinke at this point in his career? He was he didn't look too good towards the end of this year. I'm pretty sure his overall numbers are pretty. Yeah, like, his velocity's bad. really gone down. Uh, I mean, like for him, it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, I guess it does because like you can't be throwing 86 miles per hour. The hell he's doing, but like, like he has that like deceptive like fastball changeup that's like literally the exact same speed. Yeah, so, I mean th- that like that combo is like the fastball changeup duo is still always gonna be the best in baseball. So I think that guy can get outs. Yeah, I think he's still he's still more than fine. I think he's not gonna go up there and put up like a five year array. He'll be there in the threes. He'll give you you know enough innings. He'll get the job yeah. done. He'll he'll give you like 180 innings. He'll give you like, like a mid threes ERA or something like he'll. Like he he'll do what like he's he's like supposed to do at this point of his career. Like he's definitely not. I think his best days you can say are definitely behind him. Uh, something that I just saw on Twitter from Ken Rosenthal is that Eddie Rosario is going to be uh, non-tendered tomorrow. From Eddie twins. Rosario from Twins. Yeah, so that's a guy who the you know we're talking about the White Sox saying outfielder. That's a guy they can go get. Why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure like how good he is overall on defense, and I think they definitely should have like another like, like a good guy who can actually field out there. So I mean, if he's if he's average, and so be it. But I mean, like um, they can't have the guy if they stick with like Eloy and left and like uh, Rosario and right. Like they can't they, like Robert needs some help out there. He can't. Okay, in his career, he has negative 1.5 defensive WAR. Um. I mean, some seasons he's been good. Some seasons he's been bad. Um, let's see, where is he even playing now? Well, I mean, when he's playing in left I feel field, like so many players are getting non-tendered this year. Yeah, because of the you know because because the current situation. So basically, with Rosario is when he's playing in in left. When he's playing in the corners, he seems okay. He seems fine. All right. So, yeah, if, if he's not tender, then I definitely can see a team like the White Sox going after him. Yeah. Um, so, back to what we were just talking about uh, with the West. So, talking about the Astros. So, yeah, their offense, they're, they're going to be losing George Springer. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, and, I don't. I think I haven't gone to the Mets. Yeah, some East Coast team is going to sign him Toronto, the Mets. Um, something like that. So, so that means that they are going to have to fill in at center field. Uh, they'll probably go with a cheaper option. It could go after Jackie Bradley Jr. I've heard them connected to him. Yeah, I, I could see him going there. Yeah, and so that uh, you know, not going to be no whoever the guy is not going to be as good as Springer, but they still should be fine offensively overall. Still a very strong offensive team. So I expect them to be. You know, a mid '80s win team, 
assuming it's a 162 game uh, season. Well, that's the other thing. Do you think do you think they're going to play a full season this year? I think that the season's going to end up starting late when that yeah. coronavirus vaccine. Because I saw a report today that everyone who wants a vaccine is expected to be able to get one by June. So if that's the case, then the season might end up starting in June. Um, and what they'll probably do is cut out like a month's worth of games and then maybe, you know, cut some off days and add more later or extend the season a little bit later. But uh, yeah, if, if it starts in June, I think it'll just kind of be like a, uh, like a 80 something game season. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, but we'll certainly try and I, I don't see them being able with all the losses they suffered last season, to be able to start a season where they're playing in empty stadiums. I just don't think that's going to happen. They can't do that. Yeah. I mean, especially with uh, like the CBA contracts. Yeah. Coming up, like, this is like a, like a huge year. So I think they're just, they're just going to wait until they can fill the stands, you know, in some way. And then that's when they'll, when they'll start the season. Uh, they'll probably have, we discussed this before, they'll probably have some. Uh, you know, authentication for you to get in that you've gotten the vaccine, and then we'll, you know, you know, fire away, whatever. There's a season. Um, anyways, so we're talking about the Astros. So, yeah, I expect them in a normal season to be, you know, an above average team, but certainly not the superpower they were a few years ago. And then I, I expect the A's to be at the top of this division, uh, simply because. They're, you know, division's just not that good. Uh, and the A's, you know, if you take a look at their team, um, offensively, they're not really that impressive. Um, but, yeah, as you said, their bullpen, still really good. If they're losing Hendricks, though, that they're definitely not going to resign him. They don't spend money at all. That's going to really hurt them in the pen. Um, and then, I mean, they still have a lot of good arms down there with Trevino and, um, Patisse, uh, and, um, a number of other guys. And they also have, you know, the possibility of AJ Puck and Jesus Lazardo contributing in some way on that yeah. staff. We'll see what baby Jesus can do. Yeah, exactly. So. I think, and they, you know, there's still a lot of good young players. So I think they're still going to be, you know, the top of that division come the end of the season. Uh, the one team that could rise up to challenge them, though, I think could be the Angels if they make the correct moves in terms of fixing that rotation and fixing that bullpen and yeah. then plugging the holes that they have. They have a lot of holes, though. That's the problem. They, you know, they're $40 million from the luxury tax and they have so many holes to fill. Yeah, I know. They're boggled down by that Pujols contract. Yeah, and the opt-in one, too. It's really killing them. I mean, the X factor for me is Otani. What? I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't think he pitches really anymore. I think he's going to be an outfielder. Yeah, that might end up being the sad reality at this point. Yeah. I think the whole two-way experiment's uh, over with. Yeah, his arm just just can't hold up, basically. That's the problem. It's just, it's basically, it's too much stress on the arm, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, his, it's I mean, him himself. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he did it in Japan, but I mean, like this, like the um, 
the off days are different. I feel like that really like there's, there's more games. Yeah, I think you got more of rest time in Japan. So I don't know. He's kind of the X factor for me. See what they get out of him. Uh, and then if you look at their offense, it's really good. I mean, they have two of the best players in baseball, Rendon and Trout. And then they have you know guys like Fletcher. Um, and Adele could come up and be something. Brandon Marsh, as I mentioned previously, you know, it's still a very, it's still a very good team. Just a question of whether they can fill. You know, they're going to need a shortstop now because Simmons is a free agent. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, they need a catcher. They, as I said, they need bullpen help. They need two starters. So I, we'll see what they do. It's as of this moment, they're not a very good team. Yeah, I mean, they have a, a lot of holes to fill he said and it's not a lot of money to do it with right and then if you look at the bottom of the division i think the mariners and the rangers so okay so with the rangers they are really in a bad spot right now they're kind of trying to compete but at the same time they're rebuilding i don't really know what they're doing they have zero offensive pieces they, they don't really have many they don't really have many pieces at all they're just a very weak team all around um, their farm system is getting better. It's, but they're still. I think they're still years away from competing. Uh, and they're they're trying. I don't know. I don't really know what they're trying to do. Anyhow, they have the second pick in the draft, so uh, they can certainly you know acquire a lot of talent quickly and get better. But like I said, they're years away from competing at this point. And then, if you look at the Mariners, I think they're not that far away. They're probably still, you know, a year or two away from being able to, you know, start fielding a winning ball club. But uh, they, they certainly have the pieces there. And um, you never know what Jerry DePoto is going to do. He loves making trades, loves acquiring players and sending players out. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's like that uh, once a decade time of the year, all time of the decade where he's going to make his big splash. Yeah, he could do something dumb and just sign a player overpay them because no one wants to come play for the Mariners. So just keep an eye on the Mariners this offseason. Uh, he will be willing and dealing. You know he's going to be doing that. He'll probably make a trade with the Rays. Yeah. Because <laughs> those two teams love trading. They love trading with each other. Uh, possible. So, yeah, that's pretty much the AL West. And at the end of the season, I expect to see the A's at the top. And you'll probably see the Angels be mediocre again. Um, you'll see the Astros be, you know, an above average team. And then you'll have the Mariners and the Rangers in that order finishing off the division. No, I can agree with that. I can see the Astros like finishing in third place. Yeah. Um, so at this point I'm, I'm losing my voice. So I guess we can continue with like, you know, our breakdown uh, on the next podcast um yeah we can start with um we can, we can move to the uh i guess the, the nl west and then start moving east yeah we can just you know however we feel like you know may, we'll probably talk about in the next podcast we'll probably talk about you know more of the news there'll be a lot more news with the non-tender deadline coming up and the free agent market heating up and you know that'll help our discussion and uh yeah we you know we'll just uh talk about whatever like we did on this one so yeah. If you're still listening to this point, uh, thank you for listening and make sure to, you know, rate, review, 
subscribe subscribe to our podcast and have a good one thank you for listening to the america's pastime podcast